Chapter 13, verses 44 through 58 of Catina Aurea, Commentary on the Four Gospels, Collected Out of the Works of the Fathers, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verse 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, the which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. Chrysostom. The foregoing parables of the leaven and the grain of mustard seed are referred to the power of the gospel preaching, which has subdued the whole world, in order to show its value and splendor. He now puts forth parables concerning a pearl and a treasure, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto treasure hid in a field, for the gospel preaching is hidden in this world, and if you do not sell all, you will not purchase it. And this you ought to do with joy, wherefore it follows, which when a man hath found, he hideth it. Hilary, this treasure is indeed found without cost, for the gospel preaching is open to all, but to use and possess the treasure with its field we may not without price, for heavenly riches are not obtained without the loss of this world. Jerome, that he hides it does not proceed of envy towards others, but as one that treasures up what he would not lose. He hides in his heart that which he prizes above his former possessions. Gregory. Otherwise the treasure hidden in the field is the desire of heaven. The field in which the treasure is hidden is the discipline of heavenly learning. This when a man finds, he hides in order that he may preserve it. For zeal and affections heavenward, it is not enough that we protect from evil spirits if we do not protect from human praises. For in this present life we are in the way which leads to our country, and evil spirits as robbers beset us in our journey. Those, therefore, who carry their treasure openly, they seek to plunder in the way. When I say this, I do not mean that our neighbors should not see our works, but that in what we do we should not seek praise from without. The kingdom of heaven is therefore compared to things of earth, that the mind may rise from things familiar to things unknown and may learn to love the unknown by that which it knows, is loved when known. It follows, and for joy thereof he goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that field. He it is that selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field, who renouncing fleshly delights tramples upon all his worldly desires in his anxiety for the heavenly discipline. Jerome, or that treasure in which are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, is either God the Word, who seems hid in Christ's flesh, or the Holy Scriptures, in which are laid up the knowledge of the Savior. Augustine, or he speaks of the two testaments in the Church, which, when any hath attained to a partial understanding of, he perceives how great things lie hid there, and goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth that. That is, by despising temporal things, he purchases to himself peace that he may be rich in the knowledge of God. Verses 45 and 46. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man, seeking goodly pearls, who, when he has found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Chrysostom. The gospel preaching not only offers manifold gain as a treasure, but is precious as a pearl. Wherefore, after the parable concerning the treasure, he gives that concerning the pearl. 
and in preaching two things are required, namely, to be detached from the business of this life, and to be watchful, which are denoted by this merchant man. Truth, moreover, is one, and not manifold. For this reason it is one pearl that is said to be found, and as one who is possessed of a pearl, himself indeed knows of his wealth, but is not known to others, oftentimes concealing it in his hand because of its small bulk. So it is in the preaching of the gospel. They who possess it know they are rich. The unbelievers, not knowing of this treasure, know not of our wealth. Jerome, by the goodly pearls may be understood the law and the prophets. Here then Marcion and Manichaeus, the good pearls are the law and the prophets. One pearl, the most precious of all, is the knowledge of the Savior and the sacrament of his passion and resurrection, which when the merchant man has found, like Paul the Apostle, he straightway despised all the mysteries of the law and the prophets and the old observances in which he had lived blameless, counting them as dung that he may win Christ. Not that the finding of a new pearl is the condemnation of the old pearls, but that in comparison of that, all other pearls are worthless. Gregory, or by the pearl of price is to be understood the sweetness of the heavenly kingdom, which he that hath found it selleth all and buyeth. For he that, as far as permitted, has had perfect knowledge of the sweetness of the heavenly life readily leaves all things that he has loved on earth, all that once pleased him among earthly possessions, now appears to have lost its beauty. For the splendor of that precious pearl is alone seen in his mind. Augustine, or a man seeking goodly pearls, has found one pearl of great price. That is, he who is seeking good men with whom he may live profitably, finds one alone, Christ Jesus, without sin, or seeking precepts of life by the aid of which he may dwell righteously among men, finds love of his neighbor, in which one role, the apostle says, are comprehended all things. Or, seeking good thoughts, he finds that word in which all things are contained. In the beginning was the word, which is lustrous with the light of truth, steadfast with the strength of eternity, and throughout like to itself with the beauty of divinity, and when we have penetrated the shell of the flesh, will be confessed as God. But whichever of these three it may be, or if there be anything else that can occur to us, that can be signified under the figure of the one precious pearl. Its preciousness is the possession of ourselves, who are not free to possess it, unless we despise all things that can be possessed in this world. For having sold our possessions, we receive no other return greater than ourselves. For while we were involved in such things, we were not our own, that we may again give ourselves for that one pearl, not because we are of equal value to that, but because we cannot give anything more. Verses 47 through 50. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a net that was cast into the sea, and gathered of every kind, which, when it was full, they drew to shore, and sat down, and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth, and sever the wicked from the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Chrysostom in the foregoing parables he has commended the gospel preaching, now that we may not trust in preaching only, or think that faith alone is sufficient for our salvation, he adds another fearful parable, saying, Again the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net cast into the sea. 
Jerome, in fulfillment of that prophecy of Hermias, who said, I will send unto you many fishers. When Peter and Andrew, James and John heard the words, Follow me, I will make you fishers of men, they put together a net for themselves, formed from the Old and New Testaments, and cast it into the sea of this world. And that remains spread until this day, taking up out of the salt and bitter and whirlpools whatever falls into it, that is, good men and bad. And this is that, he adds, and gathered of every kind. Gregory. Or otherwise the holy church is likened to a net, because it is given into the hands of fishers, and by it each man is drawn into the heavenly kingdom, out of the waves of this present world, that he should not be drowned in the depth of eternal death. This net gathers of every kind of fishes, because the wise and the foolish, the free and the slave, the rich and the poor, the strong and the weak, are called to forgiveness of sin. It is then fully filled, when, in the end of all things, the sum of the human race is completed, as it follows, which, when it was filled, they drew out, and sitting down on the shore, gathered the good into vessels, but the bad they cast away. For as the sea signifies the world, so the sea shore signifies the end of the world, and as the good are gathered into vessels, but the bad cast away, so each man is received into eternal abodes, while the retrobate, having lost the light of the inward kingdom, are cast forth into outer darkness. But now the net of faith holds good and bad mingled together in one. But the shore shall discover what the net of the church has brought to land. Jerome, for when the net shall be drawn to the shore, then shall be shown the true test for separating the fishes. Chrysostom, wherein does this parable differ from the parable of the tares? There, as here, some perish and some are saved, but there, because of their heresy of evil dogmas, in the first parable of the sower, because of their not attending to what was spoken, here, because of their evil life, because of which, though drawn by the net, that is, enjoying the knowledge of God, they cannot be saved. And when you hear that the wicked are cast away, that you may not suppose that this punishment may be risked, he adds an exposition showing its severity, saying, Thus shall it be in the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Though he elsewhere declares that he shall separate them as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, he here declares that the angels shall do it, as also in the parable of the tares. Gregory. To fear becomes us here rather than to expound, the torments of sinners are pronounced in plain terms, that none might plead his ignorance, should eternal punishment be threatened in obscure sayings. Jerome. For when the end of the world shall be come, then shall be shown the true test of separating the fishes. And as in a sheltered harbor, the good shall be sent into the vessels of heavenly abodes, but the flame of hell shall seize the wicked to be dried up and withered. Verses 51 and 52. Jesus saith unto them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Then said he unto them, Therefore every scribe which is instructed into the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which bringeth forth out of his treasure things new and old. Gloss. When the multitude had departed, the Lord spoke to his disciples in parables, 
by which they were instructed only so far as they understood them. Wherefore he asked them, Have ye understood all these things? They say unto him, Yea, Lord. Jerome, for this is spoken especially to the apostles, whom he would have not to hear only as the multitude, but to understand as having to teach others. Chrysostom, then he praises them, because they had understood. He saith unto them, Therefore every scribe instructed in the kingdom of heaven is like unto an householder who bringeth out of his treasure things new and old. Augustine, he said not old and new, as he surely would have said, had he not preferred to preserve the order of value rather than of time. But the Manichaeans, while they think they should keep only the new promises of God, remain in the old man of the flesh, and put on newness of error. Id. By this conclusion, whether did he desire to show whom he intended by the treasure hid in the field, in which case we might understand the Holy Scriptures to be meant here, the two testaments by the things new and old, or did he intend that he should be held learned in the church who understood that the old scriptures were expounded in parables, taking rules from these new scriptures, seeing that in them also the Lord proclaimed many things in parables? If he then, in whom all those old scriptures have their fulfillment in manifestation, yet speaks in parables until his passion shall rend the veil, when there is nothing hid that shall not be revealed, much more those things which were written of him so long time before we see to have been clothed in parables, which the Jews took literally, being unwilling to be learned in the kingdom of heaven. Gregory, but if by things new and old in this passage we understand the two testaments, we deny Abraham to have been learned, who, although he knew indeed some deeds of the Old Testament, yet had not read the words. Neither Moses may we compare to the learned householder, for although he composed the Old Testament, yet had he not the words of the new. But what is here said may be understood as meant not of those who had been, but of such as might hereafter be in the church, who then bring forth things new and old when they speak the preachings of both Testaments, in their words and in their lives. Hilary. Speaking to his disciples, he calls them scribes on account of their knowledge, because they understood the things that he brought forward, both new and old, that is, from the law and from the Gospels, both being of the same householder and both treasures of the same owner. He compares them to himself under the figure of a householder, because they had received doctrine of things both new and old, out of his treasury of the Holy Spirit. Jerome or the apostles are called scribes instructed, as being the Savior's notaries, who wrote his words and precepts on the fleshly tables of the heart with the sacraments of the heavenly kingdom, and abounded in the wealth of a householder, bringing forth out of the stores of their doctrine things new and old. Whatsoever they preached in the Gospels, that they proved by the words of the law and the prophets. Whence the bride speaks in the Song of Songs, I have kept for thee, my beloved, the new with the old. Gregory. Otherwise the things old are, that the human race for its sin should suffer in eternal punishment. The things new, that they should be converted and live in the kingdom. First, he brought forward a comparison of the kingdom to a treasure found in a pearl of price, and after that narrated the punishment of hell, in the burning of the wicked, and then concluded with, 
therefore every scribe etc as if he had said he is a learned preacher in the church who knows to bring forth things new concerning the sweetness of the kingdom and to speak things old concerning the terror of punishment that at least punishment may deter those whom rewards do not excite verses fifty three through fifty eight and it came to pass that when jesus had finished these parables he departed thence and when he was come into his own country he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works is not this the carpenter's son is not his mother called mary and his brethren james and joseph and simon and judas and his sisters are they not all with us whence then hath this man all these things and they were offended in him but jesus said unto them a prophet is not without honour save in his own country and in his own house and he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief jerome after the parables which the lord spake to the people and which the apostles only understood he goes over into his own country that he may teach there also augustine from the foregoing discourse consisting of these parables he passes to what follows without any very evident connection between them besides which mark passes from these parables to a different event from what matthew here gives and luke agrees with him so continuing the thread of the story as to make it much more probable that that which they relate followed here namely about the ship in which jesus slept and the miracle of the demons cast out which matthew has introduced above chrysostom by his own country here he means nazareth for it was not there but in capernaum that as is said below he wrought so many miracles but to these he shows his doctrine causing no less wonder than his miracles rigmig he taught in their synagogues where great numbers were met because it was for the salvation of the multitude that he came from heaven upon earth it follows so that they marveled and said whence hath this man this wisdom and these many mighty works his wisdom is referred to his doctrine his mighty works to his miracles jerome wonderful folly of the nazarenes they wonder whence wisdom itself has wisdom whence power has mighty works but the source of their error is at hand because they regard him as the son of a carpenter as they say is not this the carpenter's son chrysostom therefore were they in all things insensate seeing they lightly esteemed him on account of him who was regarded as his father notwithstanding the many instances in old times of sons illustrious sprung from ignoble fathers as david was the son of a husbandman jesse amos the son of a shepherd himself a shepherd and they ought to have given him more abundant honor because that coming of such parents he spake after such manner clearly showing that it came not from human industry but of divine grace pseudo augustine for the father of christ is that divine workman who made all these works of nature who set forth noah's ark who ordained the tabernacle of moses and instituted the ark of the covenant that workman who polishes the stubborn mind and cuts down the proud thoughts hilary and this was the carpenter's son who subdues iron by means of fire who tries the virtue of this world in judgment 
and forms the rude mass to every work of human need the figure of our bodies for example to the diverse ministrations of the limbs and all the actions of eternal life jerome and when they are mistaken in his father no wonder if they are also mistaken in his brethren whence it is added is not his mother mary and his brethren james and joseph and simon and judas and his sisters are they not all with us id those who are here called the lord's brethren are the sons of a mary his mother's sister she is the mother of this james and joseph that is to say mary the wife of clophus and this is the mary who is called the mother of james the less augustine no wonder then that any kinsman by his mother's side should be called the lord's brethren when even by their kindred to joseph some are here called his brethren by those who thought him the son of joseph hilary thus the lord is held in no honor by his own and though the wisdom of his teaching and the power of his working raise their own admiration yet do they not believe that he did these things in the name of the lord and they cast his father's trade in his teeth amid all the wonderful works which he did they were moved with the contemplation of his body and hence they ask whence hath this man these things and thus they were offended in him jerome this error of the jews is our salvation and the condemnation of the heretics for they perceive jesus christ to be a man so far as they think him the son of a carpenter chrysostom observe christ's mercifulness he is evil spoken of yet he answers with mildness jesus said unto them a prophet is not without honor but in his own country and in his own house rigmigius he calls himself a prophet as moses also declares when he says a prophet shall god raise up unto you of your brethren and it should be known that not christ only who is the head of all prophets but jeremiah daniel and the other lesser prophets had more honor and regard among strangers than among their own citizens jerome for it is almost natural for citizens to be jealous towards one another for they do not look to the present works of the man but remember the frailties of his childhood as if they themselves had not passed through the very same stages of age to their maturity hilary further he makes his answer that a prophet is without honor in his own country because he was in judea that he was to be condemned to the sentence of the cross and for as much as the power of god is for the faithful alone he here abstain from works of divine power because of their unbelief whence it follows and he did not there many mighty works because of their unbelief jerome not that because they did not believe he could not do his mighty works but that he might not by doing them be condemning his fellow-citizens in their unbelief chrysostom but if his miracles raised their wonder why did he not work many because he looked not to display himself but to what would profit others and when that did not result he despised what pertained only to himself that he might not increase their punishment why then did he even these few miracles that they should not say we should have believed had any miracles been done among us jerome or we may understand it otherwise that jesus is despised in his own house and country signifies in the jewish people and therefore he did among them few miracles that they might not be altogether without excuse 
but among the gentiles he does daily greater miracles by his apostles not so much in healing their bodies as in saving their souls end of chapter thirteen